Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's December, and you know what that means. Oh, sorry, I, I was actually asking you a question. Do you know what that means now that it's December? Christmas is almost here. That's probably what you're thinking. But we're not quite there yet. Even though you may have your decorations up already or have had them up for a few weeks, you've been hearing Christmas songs for even longer than that. Your shopping is all done. And now you just wait. You wait for Christmas to get here. But this isn't the season of Christmas, at least not in the church. We've actually just begun a new season and a new year in the church. Advent. So what does Advent mean? The dictionary defines Advent as a coming into place, view, or being, arrival, the coming of Christ into the world, more specifically, the period beginning four Sundays before Christmas, observed in commemoration of the coming of Christ into the world. The season of Advent is the time in the church year when we await, anticipate, the arrival of our Savior. You heard about that being foretold in the Old Testament reading from Jeremiah, which reads, In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line, this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. The Lord, our Savior, the branch from David's line, has come. And so part of this season of Advent is awaiting the celebration of the coming of Christ into the world. His birth, which happened 2,000 years ago, the first Christmas or as we're teaching Micah, we're waiting to celebrate Jesus' birthday. And in the waiting for Christmas, we think about all the things we need to do to get ready. We think about all the meals we'll have, the traditions we celebrate, traditions that we remember from when we were little children and from when our parents were little children, that maybe we've even passed on to our children all the while trying to keep our focus on the real reason for the season, Jesus. And the buildup can sometimes drag on and on that we lose focus of what is most important. And we try to remember to keep our focus on Jesus because sometimes waiting a long time for something can be boring. And in the church, I just heard recently from someone that we have some boring Christmas songs. Like, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which I told them we'd be singing in church today. But you know what? That's okay. Because it's not even a Christmas song anyway. It's an Advent song about coming. Come, Emmanuel, come. Come now at Christmas and come again soon. That's because the season of Advent is also about another waiting, 
Again, we are anticipating, waiting for the coming of Christ. But this is his second coming we're talking about. And you heard about that in the gospel reading from Luke 21, which reads, At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. As we prepare this Christmas to be reminded of Christ's first coming, we need to also be ready for his second coming. And God's word tells us to be ready, alert, because it will come like a thief in the night, that no one knows the day or hour of this second coming except God alone. However, there are signs that signal the end is coming. Luke tells us earlier in chapter 21, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places. All you have to do is take a look at the world around you and know that these things are all taking place, which means the second coming could be any time. And that means that's the end of this earth. So even though we're beginning a new season in the church year, we're remembering the ending of this world as we know it. That's what Luke goes on to say. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What I want you to focus on today is that last part. God's words will never pass away. God's words will always remain. Even if everything else is destroyed, his word will never be destroyed. That doesn't mean that his words will always remain with us, though. And that's where focus comes back again. With three weeks until Christmas, it's easy to get distracted, to forget why we celebrate Christmas. It's easy to get caught up in so many other things, to be so busy with countless numbers of activities and jobs and planning and preparations that we lose sight of the Christ of Christmas. That happens to us because of sin. Sin distracts us. Sin pulls us away from God. Sin puts everything else in our life above God. It makes all of our other priorities more important than God. It wants us to forget the real reason for this season. It wants us to focus on shopping and parties and dinners and decorations. And it wants to remove every piece of Christ from this season so that you're left saying, Happy Holidays, Season's Greetings, rather than Merry Christmas. But sin doesn't just want to remove Christ from this season. Sin wants to remove Christ from every part of your life. That's what the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh are fighting us for. Whether or not Christ is in our life. And if Christ is not in our life, if we turn away from our faith, then there is no hope for us. Hope, the theme of this first week of this season of Advent, Our faith in Christ gives us the hope of eternal life. Our faith tells us that Christ came that first Christmas, was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life on this earth, died on the cross for the sins of the whole world, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven to bring us salvation 
and will come back again to take all believers to be with him forever. Today we have these new members who are saying that they haven't lost that focus. Not yet at least. We have new members focusing on what they believe, and they made that clear in their confession of God's word, which will never pass away. And God's sacraments found in his church, baptism, the Lord's Supper, for the forgiveness of their sins and for their salvation. But sin will continue to attack them and will continue to attack you, me, continue to try and take away our hope, take away our faith. And when our faith is gone, the only hope we have is death, eternal death, hell, which is no hope at all. That is exactly why Christ came to destroy death, to call all people to himself, away from sin, away from death, away from hell, to lead all people to heaven. The war is over. Christ is victorious. But sin is still fighting battles in our lives. Sin attacks our lives, our bodies, our health. And sin causes us to go through all kinds of pain and suffering. And because of the damage sin does to our lives, doing everything possible to remove Christ from our lives, it attacks the ability to even remember who Christ is. We talk about all the consequences of sin like sickness, disease, cancer, ALS, Parkinson's, and memory loss is one of those things as well. I have a pastor friend, his name is Hans Feeney, who talked about it like this. If you've never seen Alzheimer's devour someone, let me explain from my very non-clinical perspective how it works with regard to personal memories. Imagine that your memories are a bunch of books, and those books are made up of stories and characters all bound together by a common theme. There's a book about summer camp, a book about college, a book for each year of marriage, and so on. Alzheimer's doesn't come into the library of your memories and destroy one book one day and another book a month or so later on. Alzheimer's comes into that library, rips the spines out of every book, and scatters the pages around the floor. The result is that people with Alzheimer's first lose the story that preserves their memories. And because that removes the context to understand their memories, they soon lose the memories altogether. You know that feeling where you know that you kind of know someone, but you can't remember their name because you don't remember where you know them from? Imagine that happening with every single person, place, and event in your memory bank. And that's what it's like to have Alzheimer's. So, some days people with Alzheimer's can't recognize you because they've grabbed a page that only has a fragment of the story that doesn't have enough context to identify who you are. On other days, they do recognize you because they found a page that has enough context to spark remembrance. And, at least in my experience, the more scattered pieces of paper you appear on, and the more often you appear on those pages in full context, 
the longer that victim of Alzheimer's will remember you. Here's the moral of the story. Put Jesus in every memory you can. And if you have children, put him in every one of their memories too. One day, Alzheimer's may come into your library or your children's library. Rip the spine out of every book it finds and then cast every one of those memories to the floor in a heap of irreversible confusion. So imprint the name of Jesus Christ onto every memory you make for yourself and your children. Likewise, put Jesus into those memories in his full context as the Son of God who died for your sins. Put the full story of Christ on every page of your life and your children's lives, and you will be well served by the Good Shepherd who will always ensure that his sheep still know his voice when they've forgotten the voice of everyone else. It's the season of Advent for waiting, anticipating, and remembering what Christ has done for us, what we find in his word. God's word, which will never pass away, is not boring. And especially when you have nothing left to remember but bits and pieces here and there, even the smallest part of God's word makes all the difference in the world. So come, Emmanuel, come and free us from our sin, our addictions, our Alzheimer's, our ALS, our Parkinson's, our cancer, whatever it may be that seeks to destroy us. And he will, because of Christ coming at Christmas, dying for our sins and rising for our salvation. And so we pray, come, Emmanuel, and take us home to be with you forever. And God is faithful. He will work in our lives to remember him so that his words will not pass away from our minds. And he will work in our lives to keep us in the faith now and forevermore until he calls us home. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding are your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, Emmanuel. Amen.